Basically, to be able to generate enough tension to pull it open, your brain needs to appeal to other muscles for help. So you plant your feet, you tighten your belly, tense your back, and generate enough force to yank it open. And basically, the brain system has leveraged the resources you have from other muscles to meet the demand. And while all this is happening, what happens is muscle fibers undergo a cellular change. Welcome to Consistency Breeds Growth Radio. I am your host, Justin Romare. Our incredible guest and myself talk about the cutting edge science and consistency necessary to reach your weight loss, wellness, and performance goals. If you have nutrition goals, we have customized nutrition programs and coaches that tell you how much, when, and what to eat for every single meal. And the best part? You don't need to calculate macros in an app. Ditch the calculators. Want to learn more about our intrinsic diet? Let one of our coaches know you listen to this podcast to get 10% off. Do you own a gym or attend a gym that wants to make some money and throw a top-notch nutrition challenge with a team of certified nutrition coaches? Our team will guide your members through a nutrition challenge customized for your gym. And you'll make money for each member who signs up. If you want more information about working with us one-on-one or in a gym setting, head over to consistencybreedsgrowth.com or email us at consistencybreedsgrowth at gmail.com. We will also put links in the show notes. Enjoy the podcast. Science. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Justin Romay, here again for another episode of CBG Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about the difference between muscle gain and fat loss, which one's harder and easier. Some things that either make it hard or easy to gain muscle mass versus make things harder or easier to lose body fat, right? But first, you want to join our free nutrition Facebook page. Okay, we've got a great community on there and you're going to get a lot of free stuff. You're going to get coaching from and be able to ask questions about some of your struggles, successes, and anything else related when it comes to your nutrition, health, wellness, and fitness journey. We're giving out recipes. Uh, there's a free DNA sample report on there that you can take a look at. Uh, obviously, you guys know that we try to utilize people's DNA for our customized nutrition plans. And there's our free macro cheat sheet. And we also do monthly challenges on there. And through those monthly challenges, you can win many prizes, right? So if you want to join that Facebook page, just go to www.facebook.com groups slash CBG Nutrition Tribe. Or just send me a DM. I'll send you the link and you can go ahead and join. So today we're talking about what's easier, what's harder. Is it to gain muscle mass or is it to lose body fat? Okay. I'm sure most of you have your answer if you've seen the title of this and you've guessed which one is correct. So I want to start, I'll give you guys the answer, but I want to start by saying that it does become more difficult for both as you either gain or lose more of whatever that tissue is. So for example, as you gain more muscle mass, it becomes more difficult to gain muscle mass, okay? As you lose more body fat, it becomes more difficult to lose body fat. This is the law of diminishing returns, okay? So I just want to put that out there. Everyone has their own individualizations, genetics, training regimens, and things that they do to prioritize either one of these, and it could be harder for one individual versus another. However, as a general principle, okay, 
it's typically harder for folks to gain muscle mass than it is to lose body fat, okay? This doesn't mean you should shift your goals around or whatever. If your goal is to, to gain muscle mass, you should still continue to do so, right? Just because it's harder doesn't mean we stop. And I'm going to give a little bit of insight into the mechanism of basically gaining muscle mass and how to do it, right? So that you get a bit of an understanding as to what it is that you need to do in your training and nutrition to make this happen. Because a lot of people don't understand the mechanism, at least even from a simplistic standpoint, so that they know that their actions are resulting in progress, okay? And they're not understanding that the progress needs to be slow, how slow it needs to be, and what things could be affecting their muscle mass growth versus helping it, and then also for body fat. So muscles are essentially, there's 600 different muscles in our body. They typically make up to one third to one half of our body weight, you know, including connective tissue, and they basically bind us together, okay? They hold us together, and that's whether or not bodybuilding is your hobby, and you constantly need to pay attention to them because the way you treat them on a daily basis basically determines whether they grow or stay the same, okay? So let's take, for example, you're standing in front of a door, and you want to open it, all right? And you're ready to pull the door open. Your brain and your muscles are poised and ready to help you achieve this goal. So the brain sends essentially a signal to motor neurons in the brain or into your arm, right? Motor neurons inside your arm. And then when they receive this message, they fire, causing muscles to contract and relax, which pulls on bones in your arm, generate the needed movement, and bigger challenge becomes basically when the, br- the brain needs to get involved, okay? So the bigger the brain signal grows and the more motor units it rallies to help achieve the task, the harder it becomes, okay? So basically, the more the weight, the more motor neurons need to be re- recruited in the arm to achieve the given task, okay? So let's say the door is like extremely heavy. You know, we've all come across those doors that like either don't open because they're like extremely heavy. They're like made of iron or whatever. Basically, to be able to generate enough tension to pull it open, your brain needs to appeal to other muscles for help. So you plant your feet, you tighten your belly, tense your back, and generate enough force to yank it open. And basically, the brain system has leveraged the resources you have from other muscles to meet the demand. And while all this is happening, what happens is muscle fibers undergo a cellular change, okay? Because it's being, it's expressing something that it hasn't before, something heavier than before, right? And that change is typically in the form of microscopic damage, okay? Now, damage sounds like actually a bad thing, but in this actual context, it's really a good thing, all right? And there are a lot of different mechanisms that people talk about for muscle growth hypertrophy and other things. This is a simplistic overview of that, okay? So it is a good thing, okay? And these injured muscle cells release inflammatory molecules called cytokines, okay? And these cytokines activate the immune system to basically come in and repair the damage of that muscle tissue, right? And when that muscle tissue is being repaired, it grows, 
Okay, so the greater the damage to the muscle tissue, the more your body will need to repair itself in the resulting cycle of damage. And repair eventually makes the muscles bigger, makes them stronger. And as they adapt progressively, greater demand, since our bodies have already adapted, it, it results in muscular hypertrophy, which is same as saying muscle growth. Okay, so you have to give your body a reason to change. All right. So by saying that, I'm saying that we've already basically adapted to everyday activities. So you're not going to gain muscle mass by petting your cat on your couch because our body's already adapted to that stimuli and that change. You petting your cat doesn't overload the system in any way. So this is why muscular hypertrophy is very difficult. And after gaining some muscle mass, it becomes even harder to gain more because you have to do harder things. Okay, so you have to produce more stress than you've already adapted to through other activities to stimulate new muscle growth, right? So this is basically, like I said before, called muscular hypertrophy. They need to be exposed, our cells, our muscle cells, they need to be exposed to higher levels of resistance. And um, if not, this is sort of also the part that's crappy is that if it's not experiencing at least a similar level of basically, you know, resistance to maintain the current muscle mass you have, then you can experience muscular atrophy, which is the loss of muscle, which also happens as we get older and older, right? So another thing that needs to be addressed when it comes to overall muscle mass is, or gaining more muscle mass, is our diet. Right, so it's it's really cool to be in the gym and to be lifting heavy weights and to be lifting heavier and heavier each week or each month that we're in the gym. Right. However, the muscles rely on more than just activity, right? It relies on proper nutrition, it relies on hormones and the rest of your body. Right. So you need to be able to accurately recover or appropriately recover from the training stress that you put yourself under. So some people will be in the gym and they cause all this damage to their muscle cells and imagine, you know, molecules going in there repairing that muscle muscle damage, but they aren't resting enough to fully repair that muscle damage. This is where you see people are overtraining and they're not adapting. This is this is one reason you need to give your body the ability to repair itself so that you can grow muscle mass and improve and gain muscle mass, right? So to be able to at least preserve muscle mass, you're going to need building blocks for the new tissue that you need to repair. And that muscle tissue you need to repair is typically comes in, it needs to come in the form of amino acids. Okay, so you need an adequate amount of protein intake uh, from naturally occurring amino acids and other amino acids. And uh, basically, uh, along the way, there also needs to be hormones present in the body like insulin and growth factor, and testosterone that help shift the body into a state where the tissue is repaired. So if you're not getting the nutrition you need or the sleep and recovery you need, you're likely not going to experience adaptation from the muscle damage that you've created. You know, this is usually in the form of sleep. That's why we say people need more and more sleep as they get older and as they're creating more muscle damage, training hard in the gym, and lifting heavy weights. So if you're in the gym and you're lifting the same weights every time, you're not going to create more muscle mass. You need to give your body a reason to change. You need to lift heavier 
or you need to do more reps. You need to cause metabolic damage. You're not going to cause muscle damage if you're lifting the same weights every time you go into the gym. All right, you're basically in a state where you're just preserving muscle mass. Okay, so that's the training component. The nutrition component is that you need adequate levels of protein. 0.7 to 1 gram per pound of body weight is typically a good rule of thumb for people that are trying to preserve or gain muscle mass, right? There are a host of other factors, but these are the main three. Make sure that you're creating muscle damage through lifting heavier and heavier weights or higher repetitions. You need to be also, with your nutrition, taking in enough protein. And you also need to make sure that you're sleeping adequately so that you can repair that damaged muscle tissue so that it grows. All right. So some people are better at repairing muscle damage than others because they have the immune reactions that they need from the cytokines for, you know, molecules to come in and repair the damage. You know, that's just a genetic lottery thing. So some people are going to be better at that. Um, But you can control eating and resting enough to make the necessary adaptations that you want, right? So it's all possible. Uh, It's definitely something that is harder than losing body fat. So we typically have uh, fat fat cells in our body. Those fat cells can either store fat or they can release fat. And that's typically why or how the mechanism in which we gain body fat works. And typically that's done in a calorie surplus. So, you know, this can be done through basically all the different macronutrients, whether whether it's fat or carbohydrate, if you have a surplus of those, meaning that you've taken in more calories than what you expend, then that can be stored potentially as body fat, right? Especially if you're not doing any type of training regimen at all, okay? So since it's hard to gain muscle mass than it is to lose body fat, you know, it's going to be a slower process. So, and, and muscle mass is obviously a lot more dense than body fat, right? It's more tightly packed. So for muscle gain, right, we should probably target around 0.5 pounds to one pound per week if your goal is to gain muscle mass. When it comes to fat, since fat is easier to lose than muscle is to gain, you can target one to two pounds lost okay, of fat per week if you're looking to lose body fat, okay? So those are some generalized things and guidelines, right? If you're losing or gaining faster or losing faster than that, on the the muscle mass component, you might be gaining a little bit of body fat as you're putting on muscle mass if you're gaining more than 0.5 to 1 gram, one, 1 pound per week. And for body fat, if you're losing more than 2 pounds per week, for most people, depending on who you are, you're likely to be experiencing also losing muscle mass, which we don't want. So those are sort of the relative rates that you want to do. And obviously, it's more body fat loss per week than muscle gain per week because muscle mass is harder to put on than body fat is to take off. Okay, so let's go through some examples. What makes fat loss harder or easier? Okay, what makes fat loss harder? Being older. Okay, which means that fat making fat loss easier is being younger. Okay, what also makes fat loss harder is being a female. And what makes fat loss easier is being a male, typically because of the amount of muscle mass that males hold on to versus females hold on to, based on hormone distribution and a variety of other factors. Another thing that makes fat loss harder is being smaller and being leaner. We could put those sort of in the same category. Whereas what makes fat loss easier is being heavier 
or having more body fat, right? Uh, this one, fairly obvious, but, you know, making fat loss harder is also if you're doing little or no activity versus people that do very high amounts of activity, moderate to high amounts of activity, have a greater chance at losing fat, right? What makes fat loss harder as well is doing excessive cardio without any other types of activity. So no strength training, no HIIT training, nothing like that. Whereas someone's more likely to lose body fat if they're doing a well-rounded exercise regimen. This is why I like CrossFit for a lot of people that are trying to lose body fat. Because it has strength, it has endurance, it has high output intensity, st style training, like HIIT training basically. So this is why I like CrossFit for, for basically losing body fat on a consistency basis. Guys, you know my answer to this. Being inconsistent is going to make it harder for you to lose body fat. You need to be consistent to lose body fat. From a recovery standpoint, we talked about sleep. For losing body fat, you're going to want to sleep more than seven hours a night. Seven to eight hours is optimal. Less than seven makes it harder to lose body fat. Stress. If you have excessive stress, okay, you can, you can bet that your fat loss journey is going to take a little bit longer than someone who has appropriate stress levels or perception of appropriate stress levels, right? Hormones, uh, typically hormones in healthy ranges are good for fat loss and uh, hormones like leptin resistance or low leptin insulin resistance make fat loss definitely harder. Medication that typically makes fat loss harder are things like antidepressants, corticosteroids, and birth control. These things typically make fat loss harder, whereas performance enhancing drugs and steroids and other things like that will make fat loss a little bit easier. And for health status, you know, things such as PCOS, uh, Cushing syndrome, hypothyroidism, menopause, and depression can also have, effect, have an effect on uh, greater extents of making fat loss harder. Whereas if you're more healthy, you have a cleaner bill of health, you're likely to experience fat loss a lot easier than someone with some of those, those problems, right? So for muscle gain now, what makes things harder or easier? A lot of things very similar to that of the, the fat loss, right? Being male, it's typically easier to gain muscle versus being female. Being older, 40 years of old age or older, it's harder to gain muscle mass. Whereas being 30 or younger, it becomes a lot easier, right? It makes things relatively easier if you're, um, you know, you have a larger frame to put on muscle mass than someone with a, a smaller frame. Moderate to high levels of activity are better for muscle gain. And if you're incorporating resistance training, it's easier for muscle gain than excessive amounts of cardio, which would be harder for muscle gain, right? We already know about consistency. It's going to be easier for consistency to gain muscle mass. Appropriate levels of stress, getting over eight hours of, of sleep per night, making sure the hormones are in healthy ranges. High cortisol is typically a hormone uh, that's very high. It makes things a lot harder to gain muscle mass. High cortisol levels, which we know is associated with stress, our stress hormone. Gaining muscle mass also from a medication standpoint, performance enhancing drugs can help build muscle mass. Not that anyone listening to this podcast is likely on those, very few. Medication that inhibits muscle growth is thyroid-based uh, medications or drugs, ADHD medications, as well as acne medications can also stunt muscle growth, all right? And then for health status, I mean, 
it becomes pretty difficult for people with depression, uh, hyperthyroidism, and IBD, irritable bowel syndrome, to gain muscle mass. Whereas if you have a clean bill of health, you're more likely to gain muscle mass, right? So, you know, based off of these guidelines for muscle mass growth or for body fat loss, this is where you can start to make your goals a little bit more realistic, right? So if you're looking to put on 10 pounds of muscle, okay, and do that in the best way possible without putting on lots of body fat, you're going to want to do that over 20 weeks, right? So that, I mean, 10 pounds of muscle is a lot of muscle, right? If we're talking about 0.5 to 1 gram, right? Uh, Sorry, 0.5 to 1 uh, pound per week, then we're talking about, you know, 12 to 20 weeks, to put on that much muscle, that much muscle mass, right? Takes a long time. And for body fat, it can, you know, if you're losing, looking to lose 20 pounds, you know, you're looking at, you're looking at about 10 weeks of work, maybe a little bit more, one to two pounds, right? Per week. So so we tell people when we're doing their customized uh, nutrition plans and their customized nutrition blueprints that, if they're looking to lose, you know, 10 pounds, like, yeah, it's possible under our 16-week program. But people that are looking to lose 20-plus pounds, when they ask us what our recommendation is, we almost always turn them to our 24-week plan, right? Because that's going to give them enough time to support what their goals are in terms of body fat loss, right? So this is the expectations that you should have for yourself and what it is that you want to do. And it takes time, you know, if, uh, you know, if, if it took you, f- you know, 10 miles to walk into the woods, it's going to take you 10 miles to come back out. It's a post I seen the other day by Tactic Nutrition, and uh, it was something similar to that. It just takes time, and a coach can act as a catalyst to that. Like maybe instead of 10 miles, you walk 10 miles into the woods, you can probably, with a coach, walk six miles out or five miles out. So... This is the advantage of, of sort of coaching and some other things that, that folks and people are doing out there they should think about. I would say one thing that a lot of people need to think about when they address their goals besides the time frame is the picture or the ideal body composition or performance that they want to achieve may not actually be, it might not actually make sense for what what it is that they want to look like. So for example, someone a lot of folks, when they join with us and they want to work with us, they have an ideal body composition, whether it's an old picture of themselves or a picture of someone else that they want to look like. And they think that losing body fat is going to get them there. Okay. And when we, I start making that comparison, I tell them that for them to go to looking like that, the way that they want to look, they probably need to put on 10 pounds of muscle mass and also lose 15 pounds of body fat, okay? So when addressing, you know, what the person that you might think you want to look like or you just want to be overall, if you just want to be more confident and lose a little bit of body fat and improve yourself, I think that that's a great thing. But if you have something particularly in mind, usually a lot of people that work with us, they don't have enough muscle mass to support what their goals are. Another big advantage of putting on more muscle mass is that it makes it easier to lose body fat, right? We talked about that before as one of the recommendations. A larger frame, for example, makes body fat a lot easier to lose. In addition to that, muscle mass really is our best metabolic currency, 
right? And what I mean by that is that it's our, our muscle. Our muscle is very efficient at working. It likes to work. And the more you're working and using it, the more calories it is that you're burning. And I'll be honest, this is something that I didn't really think about until about six months ago to a year ago. You know, once you start to get older and older and older, it becomes more difficult to put on muscle mass. And it's harder already, we know, to lose, to, to gain muscle mass than to lose body fat. That's what this whole podcast was about, right? So you're going to want to try to put on muscle mass when you're younger, right? You're going to want to try to do that because once you get past the age of 40, uh, as one of our criteria I went through, right, you start to experience sarcopenia, which is the loss of muscle mass. And uh, it's much more difficult to keep on muscle mass past that. Of course, it's possible to gain muscle mass as well. Just depends on all the all the things that you're doing, right? Nutrition, hydration, sleep, all these things, uh, as well as your, your, your training program that hopefully has a multitude of strength progressions in it for you, right? So, look, these are my thoughts. Uh, you guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. Look, this is a great episode to take notes on. Please let me know your thoughts. Love you guys. Join the Facebook page, and I will talk to you guys soon. Peace. It's science. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it. Keep tuning in every week for more incredible guests and ways to reach your max potential, both physically and mentally. Please subscribe on iTunes or your preferred podcast app and let us know if you like this episode. Science. Don't forget to check us out at consistencybreedsgrowth.com or on Instagram at cbg underscore online underscore sports for details on upcoming nutrition challenges or one-on-one coaching for weight loss, wellness, or performance. Also, feel free to join our free Facebook page at www dot facebook dot com slash groups slash cbg nutrition tribe